This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. They have everything from Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans. They've got everything you want. I have the Saucy, which is a terrific saucepan. It has curved sides. It has a pouring spout. It has a lid. And it looks so elegant. It's really a pleasure just to look at it on the counter, even before we're using it. Yes, I love all the colors. Yeah. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER. Hello, and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you ideas about how to build happier habits into your daily life. This week, we'll talk about why you should make friends with people of different ages and why you should manage pain. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, I am five years older than you. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretchen, I'm always happy to have the wisdom of my elder <laughs> when I'm talking to you. So, Elizabeth, this week we are gearing up for our very special episode 120. Every 10th episode is a very special episode. And this very special episode is going to be dedicated to listener questions about the four tendencies. And if you don't know if you are an upholder, a questioner, an obliger, a rebel, which of the four tendencies describes you, you can take the quiz at happiercast.com slash quiz. And if you have any questions, send them our way, because we are going to be talking about that for episode 120. Yes. Can't wait to hear what everybody asks. There's going to be a lot of good stuff. Uh, now, Gretchen, in episode 116, we talked about raising the bar as yeah. a uh, happiness stumbling block. We talked about how sometimes you do something good, you accomplish something, and the person you're talking to raises the bar and says, oh, well, it's nice you did that, but now you should be on to this next thing, basically. <laughs> For example, Gretchen, when you um, were on the bestseller list at number two for the Happiness Project and someone said, oh, next you'll be number one. And you were like, <laughs> I just want to be happy. I'm number two. Yeah. And the thing about raising the bar is it's it's often well-intentioned or it seems well-intentioned. So it's good to be aware that it can be a stumbling block. And this seems to have struck a chord with people. And we, we heard a lot from a lot of people about the raising the bar issue. And one that many people pointed to as a common raising the bar is you're dating someone and everybody around you is saying, oh, it's great you have this terrific relationship. When are you guys going to get married? And then once you're married, they're like, oh, it's great that you're married. How soon are you going to have kids? And it's like, 
can't we just enjoy where we are now? You know, why do you keep raising the bar? Yeah. And then when you have one kid, it's when are you going to have another kid? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Blair had an interesting comment about raising the bar. She said, when you discuss the happiness stumbling block of raising the bar, I thought how there's another similar but different version of that sentiment that drives me nuts. I can't stand when people say I could never do that in response to a person's big news. For example, years ago, when I moved across the country after college graduation, many well-meaning people responded to the news of my move with, I could never do that, instead of expressing encouragement or excitement for my new adventure. Being that these people were some of my closest friends and family members, this response made me doubt my abilities and think, if she couldn't do this, can I? When someone I love tells me something along the lines of, good for you, but I could never do that, it feels like a distant and unsupportive response, similar to the way raising the bar comments feel. There are so many positive ways to respond to big news rather than inadvertently raising the bar or saying, I could never do that. I think that this is a great point because I think for the person saying I could never do that, it feels admiring, but to the person hearing it, it's very deflating. It's very much like... It does give you this feeling like, oh, my gosh, is this too hard or is this unrealistic? And it makes you feel like the person is just washing their hands of you. But I don't think that's how it feels to the person saying it. So I think it is very much like raising the bar in that it's the way that it comes across might not be clear to the person saying it. it might feel very well intentioned and supportive, but it doesn't you don't hear it that way. Absolutely. Um, And then this was another interesting comment that you had on your site, Gretchen. Sandra said, you are so lucky if you have a bar raiser. My mother is a bar ignorer. (laughs) Mom, I have just achieved X, Y, Z. Mom, have you hung out the washing yet? I will just get the casserole out of the oven. Or even worse, what would you want to do that for? I think this is a great example of reframing because... She's right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think, oh, raising the bar is negative, but this is even worse. (laughs) I mean, this is really deflating. This is really like, oh, my gosh, what is this? So I thought that was a good example of sometimes when you're feeling angry or resentful, the way somebody's responding, you think, well, at least they're doing this because it would actually make me feel even more angry or more resentful or more um, unsupported if this person was responding in the opposite way. So I thought Sandra's comment was really helpful. And then it made you realize, well, there's a lot of ways to be not a responsive conversationalist in this kind of way. And, and, and there's worse ways. Yeah, I thought that was a really good point. But the bottom line is this is what you said in episode 116. Elizabeth, is The thing to do is to celebrate the person's accomplishments right now. Don't distract. Don't talk about yourself. Don't talk about what they should be doing next. Just say whatever you're doing right now, that is just great. And I am so excited for you. And that's enough. (laughs) (laughs) And this week, our Try This at Home tip is this is something that you, Elizabeth, I know have been have really been thinking about and trying to do lately. Yes. This week's Try This at Home is make friends with people of different ages. Mm. I have been doing this um, accidentally and on purpose. (laughs) Um, I think it's enormously beneficial. Um, I realized I have friends ranging in age from 33 to 70. And these are actual friends, people I go to lunch with, people I, you know, go out to dinner with, talk to, you know, these aren't just acquaintances. 
And I just think it's really boosted my happiness level. And how do you think it has boosted your happiness level? I mean, obviously, relationships generally boost happiness. But why do you think having the the, the age ranges is a happiness booster? Well, I love um, especially having older friends Mm -hmm. because I can see them entering the next phases of life. For instance, um, I have a few friends who are empty nesters Mm -hmm. now. And like, that's something I have anxiety about, even though it's, you know, 11 years away. (laughs) I'm already worried. Like, what's what am I going to do when Jack is gone? I'm going to be so sad. Adam and I are going to be depressed. Um, And then I see my friends whose kids are out of the house and they're off seeing friends every night. They, you know, do spin class all the time. They can go on trips when they want. They're just very free and having just a really fun, full life. And of course, they still talk to their kids all the time and their kids are still the center of their world. It's just in a different way. Um, And so I can look forward and go, oh, that's going to be wonderful. Whereas I used to not know anyone in that sort of phase of life. And so it was just this aside from, you know, people who are much older. Um, So now it's I don't know. It's very comforting to me. And also, of course, they have a lot of life knowledge that you can glean. Anyone, you know, any any year on the planet gives you more information. So it's nice to have access to that good advice. Yeah. And I think for people who are younger, too, it's sort of you see them going through what you went through. And it's interesting just to see, like, well, how are things different from the way it was when you did it or just to remind you of what it's like to be at that age. It just it gives you a broader vision of the world. Yeah, like one of my really good friends is 33. And I just kind of love hanging out with her. And now she's an old soul. So she doesn't necessarily (laughs) feel 33. She looks 33, though. That's the key. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it just I love hearing her perspective. You know, it's just different. And it, it kind of keeps you more engaged, like in all the different generations. It's just you're not so stuck in your own corner. I know. And like, and the nice thing, too, is you're doing that for them. You know, it works both ways. Like I remember. Right. Our former producer, Henry Mulaski, is quite young. And I said to him one time, I was like, oh, I was saying to my friends, like, I have a friend who's in his 20s and he lives with roommates in an apartment in Williamsburg. I'm like, so cool. And he's like, yeah, I tell my friends I know a grown up who lives on the Upper East Side. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it is. It's nice because you're both you kind of can play both roles. You're learning and then you're also kind of helping somebody else learn what it's like to be at a different stage of life. Yeah. And I do think this is easier when you have something in common. So, you know, when you, for instance, uh, you know, for me, I have TV in common, you know, with people Yeah, or um, we're both moms at the same, you know, school. And so we have that in common. So we have this base of, of commonality to work off of. Do you have friends of different ages, Scratch? You know, I do um, a lot through my and, and same thing sort of through my professional identity because of my I'm in a couple writers groups and also my children's literature reading groups. They have people who are older and younger. And I also think with this podcast, you and I both have had like probably more younger people come yes. from the podcast world like Kristen's quite young, our beloved producer. Um And it's fun. I mean, you just tie it into the world in a different way. But I think, you know, it can be a professional identity or it can be other interests or hobbies or activities that you do. I think people get it through exercise a lot of time. You know, like maybe you've got the spin class and it's got a bunch of different people or like it's the dog park. I know people who have made really good friends because they walk their dogs to the dog park at the same time. And so you have something in common and you connect around that. 
Because one of the things that research shows is that a lot of our relationships come from formal education. So you have all your college friends and they are, for the most part, very close to you in age. And so we do tend to be pretty stratified in terms of the age of our friends. And so it's really nice when you can, as you say, either accidentally or on purpose, really go out of your way to break out of that sort of default mode and get people who are, are significantly older or younger than you. Yeah, I think for for me personally, I think I used to feel like I couldn't bridge that gap between people who are of a significantly different age, like, oh, they're not going to be interested in me older or younger. And now I've really forced myself to let go of that notion. And it's definitely created, you know, some closer bonds that are really meaningful. Well, I know because I remember that from high school. It's like I felt so intimidated by somebody who's like two years older. It's like I still have kind of an overhang of that. Um, But it's interesting when they analyze friendship quality, one of the things that was not a factor was matching age. Mm. So it really it really doesn't matter when you're in high school or middle school. It feels really, really, really big, looming and important. Um, but then in adult friendships, it's not a factor. So this, I think this is a great thing to think about and to try to work into our lives um, to just make it richer and more, you know, just get the benefit of other people's experiences. Absolutely. Let us know if you try this at home and how making friends with people of different ages works for you. Let us know on Twitter, Facebook, drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to happiercast.com slash 119 for everything related to this episode. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. 
Okay, Gretch, it is time for a happiness hack. And this is one that you've been very excited about. Okay, this is in the category of hacks that are so simple and so obvious that you're like, does this even count as a hack? Does this rise to the level of a hack? But I have to say, it has proven so effective for me. And the consequences of not following this hack have been so bad that I have to offer it as a hack. And that is always look behind you whenever you leave. Try to make that a habit, an automatic habit, not something that you think about or try to remember to do, but try to do it so consistently that you just automatically, when you get up, when you leave a room, when you leave a conference table, when you get out of a taxi, when you get up from the booth in a restaurant, you always look over your shoulder and look behind you. Because I'm a person who rarely loses things. And so I don't feel like I'm one of these people who's constantly shedding stuff through the day. But over and over, I have gotten up and I've like, oh my gosh, I forgot I was wearing that cardigan. Or, oh, I forgot I had picked up that thing. And Mm -hmm. so I had that little shopping bag that I sort of didn't register. It's so helpful. Yes, I have definitely been the victim of not looking behind me. Um, And I have lost like bags, you know, from stores that I've left behind accidentally. I have lost like I still have a beloved black hoodie that my mother-in-law gave me that is forever lost to (laughs) this uh, restaurant, Casa Vega. Um, So I... I love this hack because I do want to make a habit of doing that. And I will say I've got, I do it because Adam has a habit of forgetting things. So whenever I'm with him, I, I am very, you know, faithful to looking behind me. And I even like, if we're at a restaurant, I look to make sure he took his credit card after we pay, if he paid, Mm. because he has a habit of leaving that behind. Well, so this is interesting. It's an obliger. It's easier for you to look behind for Adam than it would be for you to look behind for yourself. So maybe you have to think of your future self, like future Elizabeth will be very sad if she loses her favorite hoodie again or whatever. Yes. It's funny. It sounds so obvious, but it really, I think it's easy not to do it. I guess because you're sort of distracted. A lot of times moments of transition are times when it's easy to overlook things because you're talking, you're you're standing up, you're kind of making that move. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, your sunglasses on the table, all these things, if you just look behind you, kind of scan the surfaces, scan the the chair and scan the floor it really can save so much time and anguish later that it's a habit that has really been a big happiness booster for me. So I hope that others find it useful. I know I will. (laughs) Okay, Gretchen, it is time for a happiness stumbling block. Now, this is a very serious happiness stumbling block, um, and that is pain, physical pain. Now, Pain can range from sort of serious chronic pain all the way to mild, almost undetectable discomfort. And sadly, some people have serious chronic pain that can't be fixed. And that is a major, major happiness challenge. Chronic pain is a major happiness challenge. But the thing that surprises me is on the other end of the spectrum with sort of mild discomfort, mild pain, is how often I neglect to do the things that I could do to deal with minor pain. And, you know, you think, well, you're in pain. Why wouldn't you take steps to alleviate it? But I feel like often I don't. And that drags down my happiness. Definitely. One area where this is true for me is headaches. Yeah. So, you know, Gretchen, that Adam really suffers from chronic headaches, migraines and other sort of headaches. So he deals with like real, real um, hardcore pain in his head. I don't get a lot of headaches. I occasionally get headaches. 
And it's amazing the resistance I have to taking medication that will, (laughs) in fact, end my headache. It's like, it almost feels like, well, that couldn't possibly work. Why would I bother doing that when there's no way it'll work? And yet, for me, I'm lucky in that nine times out of 10, if I take pain reliever, my headache goes away. Um, And so lately, I've been trying to say, look at all that Adam suffers, you know, let me I'm so lucky that pain reliever works on me, let me just take it and not sit here with a headache. Well, and I I feel exactly the same way. And in fact, I made one of my secrets of adulthood. Over the counter medication is quite Mm -hmm. effective, because I have the same thing like, oh, that's not going to make any difference. And you're like, no, you know what? That actually does make a difference. And you're fortunate if just over the counter medication can be effective. And it's just it's funny how we do sort of, whether it's out of kind of inertia or or whatever reason, don't do it. But here's the thing, and this is why it's a stumbling block, is that even mild pain is mm. draining. It makes us edgy. It makes us irritable. You know, I think when we're dealing with other people, we lose our patience. We lose our sense of humor. There's just sort of this edginess to us when we're feeling that pain. And so I think really trying to recognize it and register it and to say even kind of silly things like, wow, I really need to get up and go to the bathroom or, you know, that light is too bright in my face. I need to readjust, you know, the shades or move my computer monitor or something. Here's a good thing. If you make a salute with your hand to your forehead, you know, like as if you were giving a salute, if you if your eyes feel relief, mm. that means there's glare in your eyes and that just builds up kind of tension and pain uh, and irritation in your eyes. So just to be aware of pain so that then you can try to manage it, because I, I do think it just makes it easier to be lighter and feel, you know, happier and more energetic when you're not battling that pain. Yeah. You know, one thing Adam does, and this, I guess, goes on the discomfort scale he is um, rabid about taking tags out of shirts, mm. you know, sh- you know, tags yeah. that rub for him and for Jack both. He very he gets out the nail scissors and he clips out all the tags because he just hates the feeling of a tag against the back of his neck. Whereas it would never occur to me to do that, no matter how annoying the tag was. I, you know, <laughs> to your point, I would never I would just whenever I wear this shirt, I'm dealing with this all day, you know, Yeah, right. but Adam will take the time so that he doesn't have that sensation. And the puzzling thing is, why is it so hard? Why is this really challenging? Like, this has happened to me multiple times. I remember one time I had an eye infection for months, like just like a small nagging eye infection. And then finally I went to the doctor and they gave me drops and they were gone like practically overnight. Mm-hmm. One time I had, this was when Eleanor was a baby and I was pushing a stroller all the time. I had excruciating back pain. I mean, terrible, terrible back pain. And the thing is, my father-in-law has had back pain for years and years and years. And so he had a physical therapist and he was like, hey, if you're having back pain, you should go see my amazing physical therapist. So I, it wasn't even like I had to do research or figure out what to do. He was basically right. thrusting a phone number in my hands. And yet part of it is this sense of disbelief. Oh, it's not going to work. Or maybe it's this sort of false, unhelpful optimism like, oh, I think my eye is better today. And it's like, mm, no, it's really not better. But one place where I've, I have made really enormous strides about this is dealing with being cold because I'm just cold mm. all the time. And for years, I was just I just didn't accommodate that. And now I wear long underwear all through the winter. I will wear a hat indoors. I wear my fingertipless gloves. I wear my Uniqlo vest that I'm obsessed with. I'm just very, very heavily dressed, even indoors, because I just get so cold and it was just dragging me down because I was just always in this state of discomfort and that made me edgy. And so 
I found that it really, really helpful. Yeah, I'm with you there, Gretch. I am someone who drags around a long down <laughs> North Face coat all through the winter in LA, whether I need it or not. It's like 62, I may want this coat. I do not want to be cold. And people think I'm nuts. But um, if I want that coat, I am so glad I have it. Yes. I'll sit in the movie theater, you know, for instance, with my down coat. It's cold in there. People at school think I'm nuts because I'm walking around, you know, in full down like Aspen gear. But, uh, you know, I I don't let that bother Hey, me. you're happier for it. And that's the thing. If it's a source of discomfort, deal with it. I think that's great. Yeah. deal with Deal with mild discomfort. If it can be managed, take the steps to manage it. Even if that requires wearing a down coat in L.A. <laughs> Okay, now it is time for a listener question. And as always, you can leave us a voicemail question at 774-277-9336 or easy to remember, 77-HAPPY-336. Or you can send us an email or a voice memo at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And this week we got an email uh, from our listener, Jen. She says, I am an obliger for sure, and I'm running into a happiness stumbling block with friends who host home parties. I don't know if you have this phenomenon in New York or L.A., but here in Minnesota, I am constantly being invited to or asked to host home parties for all kinds of things, makeup, jewelry, essential oils, cleaning supplies. I constantly feel the pull to purchase things I don't need and the guilt of wanting to help my friends, but not put other friends in the awkward situation of dealing with these home sales. Now, for listeners who aren't familiar with what Jen's talking about, um, home parties, it's a form of direct sales. It's also called social selling, where you host a party at your house or at someone else's house and people socialize and buy something, you know, most famously Tupperware. So it's a, a kind of Tupperware party. And now there are even virtual parties online that happen. So th this is what she's talking about. Yeah. And I can say, yes, LA does have home parties. Uh, does New York, Gretchen? They do. I think they sometimes go sort of by different names. But yeah, they do have them. And I agree with Jen. I think this can be um, a problem and a happiness stumbling block because it does feel awkward to sort of go to one of these things and not buy something. At the same time, you don't want to feel like you have to buy something. So it, it, you could be in a tough spot. So yeah, what I would say to Jen, and she's an obliger, which means she feels this pressure of external expectations, you know, particularly strongly. So one of the things I would say is the strategy of clarity, the idea of getting clarity, because it sounds like what's going on is there's a lot of values that are all mixed mm. together. And a lot of times when that happens, we become paralyzed. And it sounds like that's what's happening. So one of the values she has is she wants to help her friends by doing this. But then another value she has is she doesn't want to make other friends feel awkward. And then another value she has is she doesn't want to spend money on things she doesn't need. So there's her own kind of, you know, respecting her own budget and then her own time. So there's so there are these competing values. And I think when they're all swirling around in your head, it's hard to know what to do. So I would say one thing that Jen could do is really sit down and think, what am I trying to do? So I want to support my friends. I want to support my other friends. I want to support my own budget, which has implications for her family and all that, because sometimes that makes it clearer. If you really sit down and think, what are the most important values that I'm serving? 
Yeah, Gretchen. And if she doesn't want to host parties or go to the parties, you know, I'm reminded of the advice that Kim Scott from Radical Candor to the um, the woman who didn't want to go on walks with her boss at lunch. And she said to, you know, validate the position, but then state your boundaries. And I thought, well, th- that could really apply here. So if you have a friend who says, hey, I'm starting a jewelry selling business, I'd love for you to host a party. You could say, it's great that you're starting a business. Um, I think you're going to be amazing at selling this and it's such a good product. But I've decided for myself that I have so much anxiety surrounding these sort of events because I don't, I'm trying not to spend money that I'm just not partaking. Yeah. Yeah. You could, do, you could do that. That's absolutely true. And then there's also, I think, the option, which is just to say, like, that's great. I can't make it and not provide any explanation and not to declare any kind of universal rule. Right. You don't have to give an explanation of any kind. You can just say like, oh, I can't make it, which can work in some of these circumstances. Yes. Though I think some of them, if they're like, well, I'll work around your schedule. It's like, what is that that New Yorker cartoon? How about never, never works for me? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because it it is hard because you do want to support your friends, but then you also really have to, as you say, respect what's right for you too. And the way that these work is that they work on the idea of reciprocity and they work on the idea of friends getting together and creating a certain kind of energy. And that can be very hard to manage. And so it's easier just not to be entering it rather than to be dealing with it once you're in that situation. And then the last thing I would say is is this is something that helps with obligers generally and might might help Jen in this situation, is that sometimes for obligers, it helps to say, if I say yes to one person, I have to say no to someone else. And so you could say like, well, if I say yes to you and go to this party and spend this money, then that's money that is not going towards the vacation fund that my family is really counting on in order for us to go on that vacation that we've been looking forward to. If I say yes to you, I'm saying no to someone else. Or if I'm saying yes to you and doing this, then I have to say no to these other volunteer activities that would otherwise, you know, use up my time and energy bandwidth. And so if I say yes to you, I have to say no to someone else. Sometimes for obligers, putting it that way or saying the future self, well, in the future, what will I wish I had done? What will future Jen wish that I had done? Well, future Jen will wish that I had said no or future Jen will wish that I had said yes. Or this is how future Jen would look back on what now Jen is doing. Or here's another one. What would you advise a friend to do? If your friend called and said, hey, this is what I'm going through. What do you think I should do? What's the advice you would give to that friend? Because sometimes it's easy to give great advice to somebody else, even if it's hard to do it for ourselves. And then we can just take our own advice. So sometimes things like that help obligers. So they might be useful for Jen. So good luck, Jen. I hope this um, keeps you from buying things that you don't need and can't afford. Gretch, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter sandwich is my ideal lunch, but I'm very aware of my carb intake, so oftentimes I avoid sandwiches. Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no-net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. 
Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Okay, Gretch, it is time for uh, demerits and gold stars, and you're up with a happiness demerit. Yes, and I hope that by giving myself this demerit, I will immediately go home and fix this demerit, cross it off my list, and turn it into a gold star, and that has to do with getting my skin cancer check. It has been two years since I've had a skin cancer check. I have red hair, so I'm considered a person who really needs to get their skin checked, and I just haven't done it, and I should. So demerit for me. Yes, you should. That is so important. I know. I'm not even going to let you off the hook. That's very important. Yes. I put it on the list. I have a to-do list on my desk. It's there. And I'm now pledging to you that I will go home and do it today. I will pledge to do it because why haven't I done it? I don't know. I just, I should do it. And do you, wait, is this something you can do yourself or you have to go to the doctor? I need to go to the doctor to have it done. And I want to go to the doctor who did it last time so they can see like if there's been any changes. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, I'm not even dreading it. It's one of these things. This is this weird thing for me. I dread making the phone call way more than I even dread going to the doctor. There's just some weird thing about me making doctor's appointments also airline reservations or even a haircut appointment. I don't like making appointments. I, I, don't, know, I don't know why that is, but I can get over it. And so I'm going to do it. You'll feel so good when it's done. I will. I will. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Okay. So Elizabeth, gold star for you for not letting me off the hook. What's your other gold star that you want to give? So my gold star this week goes to my friend, Nicole. Uh, Jack and Adam and I went to Santa Barbara with Nicole and her husband and their seven-year-old son, last weekend and we had a wonderful weekend and I give Nicole a gold star for making all of our plans. She texted me, Oh, I made, you know, a brunch reservation in Santa Barbara at this restaurant at this time. And she said, okay, on Saturday, she said, okay, at four o'clock, we're going to go to this place and go to dinner here. And it was so great because I wouldn't have made any plans. And you know, when you don't make plans and you can't get reservations <laughs> and you, it's so, yeah. oh, we should have done that. Well, it's too late to go now and all of that kind of stuff. And she took it upon herself to do this. And I was so grateful because we had a great weekend that was really enhanced by actually doing things and not just sort of, you know, sitting around the resort. We actually did stuff. And the funny thing is, she said, am I being too pushy? Am I too bossy? Am I making all of our plans? I was like, are you kidding? Like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I love your plans. Your plans <laughs> are wonderful. Like, don't feel bad about being a boss with the plans. Keep it going. So I give her a big gold star. But I do give her a gold star for raising that and allowing you to either poke fun at her or to kind of because I think for some people, they might not like that. They might have their own. You and I are like exceptional in that, like, we would just rather follow someone else's plans. But I think for some people, they might want to like, oh, but I had this other idea. So I give her a double gold star for being aware that it might not be something to somebody's taste and then letting you have the opportunity to say like, no, this is great. So go for it. Do as much as you want so that you make sure that you're on the same page because it was great for you, but but it might not have been. And she was aware of that. That, that is a very good point. Some people would not like that. And also, I'm noticing a theme. Like, we're starting to have themed demerits and gold stars. You often are giving people 
gold stars when they make points. Yes. Like that's something that you really value. And it's great because you really appreciate you're very appreciative because I think sometimes people who make plans are taken for granted by other people. We talked about this with the, um, Adam's aunt who has the, the Easter yes. party. And it's easy to take that for granted and not realize how much work and effort that is and, and people gain from it so much. And after that, a couple of people contacted us and said, I really appreciate that you pointed that out because I feel like people don't appreciate how much work and effort it is. And it was nice to hear someone acknowledge that. And I feel like it is really nice when people make plans and it really does help things happen and congeal. Um, so gold star, star for all the plan makers and the people who really make stuff happen because it, it does really boost happiness to have these fun weekend away. But somebody, somebody's got to say, let's go here on this weekend at this time. And if nobody does that, it never happens. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> So that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Make friends with people of different ages. Let us know if that has something that boosts your happiness. Thank you to our producer, Kristen Meinzer. Also thanks to Andy Bowers of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes. And this week's resources, remember, if you would like to buy a Happier t-shirt, just email us and we will get that going. Also, we've talked a couple of times on the podcast about manifestos. And if you want to see my manifesto, email me at podcast at GretchenRubin.com and I will send that to you. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.